Ted Cruzin or Bruzin. Welcome to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here is your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Claire. And welcome back. The Lions of Liberty podcast. This is episode number 175, and that means if you've been following along, that you can find the show notes over at lionsofliberty.com slash 175. And if you are a fan of this program, one way you can support us is by shopping through our Amazon affiliate link. If you do that, we get a small kickback to further fund and expand this operation with great new shows like the one you're about to hear. You can find that link at lionsofliberty.com slash Amazon or at the show notes page or on the main page of our website. So go check it out. And today we've got a very special little episode we're going to do. And to introduce that to you, I'm going to bring in our resident expert in all things, Rand Paul, uh, even though that's not what we're talking about today he of course is of course mr brian mcwilliams yes good to be here i know we're doing a little bait and switch action here they hear my voice they're thinking Rand paul says the minuses but aha that's not what we're doing so what exactly are we doing even though that the top of the show probably sort of gave some probably history, gave right? a little bit a little bit of tip <laughs> of the hat there uh yeah what we're doing today is we're going to actually do a very special episode called ted cruisin or bruisin where we're going to look at the basically the political positions of Ted Cruz. And you might say, why the hell would you do that, Mark and Brian? And I'll tell you why. Basically, Ted Cruz is starting to get a little uh, momentum among libertarian circles. And they say, okay, like, for example, the Libertarian Republic uh, just did a uh, write-up, you know, why you should support Ted Cruz. Here's 10 reasons why. There's been, uh, you know, obviously Ted Cruz back in October had 51% of the vote during a New Hampshire Liberty Caucus. Rand Paul had 57% because you can vote more than once. It's very confusing. But uh, basically, he's been gaining momentum, especially as Rand Paul's kind of fallen a little bit behind and Ted Cruz has risen up. So we owe it to our listeners. We owe it to all libertarians everywhere to look at his positions and say, is this guy really worth our time? Is he worth our support? And will he ever change his haircut? <laughs> what's what's the, your issue with Ted Cruz's haircut? Is it um? Ah, he's like a grease. It, it, it's bizarre. He looks like, a, like grease a greaser. Back. Huh? Yeah, it's really bizarre looking. It's like straight out of the eighties. That grease back, weird kind of Lego haircut. I don't even know if he can change it. It's like the Fonz meets a Lego ca- figure. Hey, and less cool, obviously. God, less if Ted cool. Cruz started doing Fonzie impressions, then he would actually get my support. Then that would be a. Cruising, I guess. <laughs> that would be a cruising. So if you're fans of Rand Paul Luss's and Minuses and uh, you're used to the Paul Luss minus system, just translate the Paul Luss's to cruisins and the minuses to bruisins and you should be able to follow along. Bingo, Simple baby. enough. We may not give Ted the full uh, you know, sound effects treatment because, eh, you know, does still, he deserve it? I don't know. We'll know by the end of the show. <laughs> exactly. So where do we want to start with t- with Teddy Cruz here? I mean, obviously, like you said, we he's seen some rumblings of support against uh, among liberty, you know, liberty activists, libertarian types. I don't know how you want to classify everyone. Some people might see themselves more as, quote, liberty Republicans or just Republicans. But he is getting support in the mainstream for sure. And also you're hearing rumblings of people that maybe, you know, used to support Rand Paul, maybe even used to support Ron Paul, talking about, well, maybe this cruise, since he's gaining traction, since he shares a lot of the same positions as Rand Paul, as Ron Paul, at least on the surface, maybe he's a guy we should throw ourselves behind if we're afraid of a Rubio, if we're afraid of a Donald Trump, and maybe he's just the next best option that a lot of people see as viable. That's the thing. That, that's the, the key phrase, the next best option. I think that's what people are looking at Rand Paul, and, you know, like I said, they're saying, okay, Rand may not cut the mustard hair. 
who's next? And they're looking at Ted Cruz. Now, let's look at some of his issues and see, is it worth it? Number one is Ted Cruz, you know, when you look at a lot of libertarians, you talk to libertarians, they say, oh, well, Ted Cruz is great on the NSA. He's great on, you know, protecting our personal uh, our personal privacies. But So why don't we start with why people think that in the first place? Then we'll yes. get to maybe the counterpoint. So here's why. Is one. Ted Cruz took part in the uh, the filibuster against the Patriot Act. He helped Ron, uh, excuse me, helped Rand Paul in that regard, and he's been fairly outspoken previously about you know how the government should not be spying, how should they not get into our personal privacy, you know, protecting our phone records, and, and against this massive blanket warrantless spying that was going on by the NSA. Now he was, as I said, part of the filibuster that killed off the uh, two one five parts of the Patriot Act that were the most kind of uh, egregious when it came to spying. And basically, he threw his full weight behind the USA Freedom Act, and he was one of the co-sponsors along with Senator Lee. Now, the USA Freedom Act was supposed to, you know, be a uh, a Patriot Act light that actually respected our personal uh, privacies and was supposed to put in some protections in place so that you could not do this blanket Well, it has the word freedom in it, so it must be good, How could it be bad? It has nothing to do with freedom, by the way. They just like to slap that label on, you know, just like they slap labels on anything. Like the Patriot Act had nothing to do with being a patriot either. (laughs) And Patriot Missiles. How does that have to do with patriotism? Oh, you're defending the, the homeland. <laughs> the homeland. Firing missiles across with the massive and miles. rockets. <laughs> so, yeah, Cruz, basically, he put forth the USA Freedom Act as this better solution. However, as you know, and as many people may know, the USA Freedom Act actually expanded a lot of spying capabilities. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Ted Cruz is actually on record saying that, okay, well, you know, one of the things it does is before you were limited in what you could actually do and what what records you could collect. Now you can collect cell phone records and you collect, you know, V over IP, internet phone records. So while there are certain protections put in place, like, you know, now they have to get a warrant, he's actually expanding a lot of what the government can do and a lot of the provisions that usually expire, like the Patriot Act, the expired is how they got rid of 215. Now those provisions don't expire. So in truth, it could just go on forever. So this thing is arguably worse in a lot of ways. And when you say they have to get a warrant, it, this is still kind of the FISA type warrant where, yeah, you may say they have to get a warrant. But when it comes to FISA warrants, I mean, this was something in the 70s they came up with to limit spying. But it turns out in the FISA court, like something like 99.9997% of the stuff that comes in there gets approved. I mean, it's basically a blanket approval of warrants that come in. I imagine that under the Freedom Act, it'll be the same thing. It's a right. rubber stamp to make everyone feel warm and fuzzy, but it's not a true to, um, you know, true balance. Right. It, well, it's like when, you know, when police get in trouble a lot of the times and they say, okay, well, we're going to have a, a police tribunal to see if they're innocent or guilty, if they should be charged. They never get charged. It's the same thing. Why would they charge? Police tribunal? What's that? Well, that a real you know, thing? they do their own investigations internally right. a lot of the time for the for police officers yeah and you know they they come back and they say no nah, no nah, he's fine yeah nah, nah, we looked at him he's totally good yeah it's all good in fact we gave him a promotion <laughs> it's like the piece of court's the same thing oh, oh what do you want to spy okay all good those... yeah that's fine no he didn't beat that kid beat himself up <laughs> we don't have video of it but we're stop we're punching sure. yourself stop punching yourself <laughs> basically like that when you're beating up your little brother so that's that's his NSA basically that's the NSA position which I don't know about you but I consider that a bruising. I definitely consider that a bruising and there's not just because it's bad but it's even worse to me because at least with someone like Lindsey Graham, Rick Santorum, Chris Christie, I appreciate the fact that these guys are outward 
Nazis on this issue. Yeah, they're, they're like, about it. We're going to suck up your data. We're going to spy on you. You need to lose freedom to gain security. They're just up front with it. And I respect that, at least. At least you're not, they're not trying to finagle around and act like they're one thing and when they're really something else. Whereas Ted Cruz, he tries to play this liberty, you know, freedom guy while supporting basically the same bad stuff these other guys do, right. which is what makes him even more dangerous. Yeah. Me. It's like Liberty Kabuki Theater. He's out there in the mask, the Liberty mask, but then, you know, behind the scenes, he pulls it off and he's a totally other guy. You know what you just did, right? What? You basically just committed yourself to a Photoshop with Ted Cruz and the Kabuki mask. Uh, hey, hey, that's that's what the people want. I don't know why I do this. They want things. Photoshops. They need a reason to go to the show notes page at lionsofliberty.com slash 175 to see your amazing Photoshops. Everyone no loved your, your Severus Cruz. Severus Cruz was fantastic. Let's why don't we lie. touch on the Severus Cruz theory briefly since we're bringing it up since other people might know. Oh. <laughs> who, who doesn't listen to our shows every every week? I don't know. But if you heard our Year in Randy Pants episode, which you can, of course, find ticking back in your iTunes feed a couple a couple episodes but uh Brian came up with this theory after watching Harry Potter that uh, it's possible, maybe, maybe that's the glimmer of hope that Ted Cruz is our version of Severus Snape. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, <laughs> if you have not seen the Harry Potter movies yet, like five years later, um, it turns out Severus Snape, even though we think he's a villain the whole time, is actually always on Harry's side. And the theory is maybe Ted Cruz... Even though some of us see him as a villain, maybe he's just doing what many people said Rand had to do, which was kind of toe the neocon line to get in power, rip off his shirt to reveal the Ron Paul and the Fed, bring the troops home t-shirt, and reveal that he was with Liberty the whole time, too. We can only hope. We can only hope. And, I mean, there's some credence to the theory. If you look all the way back, he was originally endorsed for the Senate in 2012 by Rand Paul, by Ron Paul. So, you know, maybe he was christened early on and now he's got to play a little neocon. Um, I don't buy this at all, for, by the way, but it's an interesting theory to play around with. I don't know if I do necessarily either. I like to throw these things out as possibilities. Yeah. But, yeah, he could he be Severus Snape or Darth Vader where he was a force of good and uh, <laughs> and on the right side and then he got corrupted well, by uh, end up killing the uh, Spoiler alert if anyone hasn't seen Return of the <laughs> Jedi yet. But, uh, but uh, yeah, so that means he's going to, I guess, kill the Emperor at the end? Yes. Who, who would that be? Mitch McConnell? What is, is Mitch McConnell getting thrown into the lightning reactor? God, I'm not sure who the Emperor is. Who's the, who's the big baddie right now? Isn't it like uh, Spignesky, Brzezinski, or one of those like shadowy like New World Order oh, guys? Probably. That, yeah. I think it's someone we, we've never even seen. Oh, my God. Someone we don't know about. Someone Somebody that's smoking that's a very long the, cigar right now. The Bilderberg Conference. Yes. All right. Moving on. Now, this is one. We're going to move on to Warfare, where I think we can all pretty much unanimously agree uh, Ted's not so great on. Well, what, what's his quote from the last GOP debate? He said he wanted to see if uh, sand could shine. Yeah, sand East. could glow in the dark. Glow in the I dark. Think. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> Which is scary because he wants. He's like talking about car bombing. He's like, are you going to use radioactive weapons? Are you dropping nukes? Is what you're talking about? So it's like you know, at least he's up front in this regard. But I think we can all say he's pretty awful when it comes to war. Yeah, he seems to be all about doing it <laughs> you know he, he doesn't really give any sort of statements about you know being even remotely restrained when it comes to foreign policy or perhaps negotiating with certain countries or anything like that he seems just as neocon on the surface as as all the other guys as most of the other guys i guess yeah and now we had talked a little bit before we actually started recording here about you know ted cruz is a notorious flip-flopper and this is another issue where he actually did flip-flop so i was doing a little bit of research and for some of his past positions and you know, back in the day a little bit, he had actually said that he was against us getting involved in these civil wars and against, you know, taking uh, outward actions. He was against putting boots on the ground. And then you flash forward to more recent times and he's saying, oh, no, no, all options are out there. You know, whatever it takes to kill ISIS off and yada, yada, yada. So he's really he's gotten more neocon. He's gotten more of a more war hockey as he's gotten along. 
Well, that sounds like a bruising too. That is a bruising. Right, another bruising. I feel Slapping like I'm feeling a trend here. There That's may, two black eyes. Maybe a good number of a bruisings for this character. <laughs> All right. Well, what else do we got to look at when it comes to uh, Cruzy? Well, Man what do here? you want to talk about? I don't want to. I don't want to just take away all the thunder of the show. Well, what my the issue I'm passionate about the most is probably the war on drugs, mostly because I think it's the most obvious affront to individual liberty uh, policies, which basically. Uh, attack people for doing things as, such as owning plants and using them for medicine or using them for whatever reason. And they result in SWAT teams in people's houses that have done no harm to other people. So uh, to me, the, the war on drugs is the most clear cut, one of the most clear cut liberty issues. I mean, it should just end tomorrow. No questions asked. So, uh, What's Teddy Cruz's position on the war on drugs? Well, good news, bad news on that. Okay. Oh, no. So, <laughs> What's the, the good news? Let's start with a, a minor cruise in maybe. All right. Here's the good news. Uh, yeah, this could be a mini cruise. So here's the good news is mini that cruise. lately, as people have opened their minds up to the fact that maybe marijuana is not so bad, maybe it's got medical usage, Cruz has pulled back on his earlier position, which was completely anti-legalization you know, in every way and pro-keep-the-war-on-drugs going full-born. Now he so, takes more of a states' rights kind of stance. Exactly, like yeah. He's taking, it's like more of a federal, federalist approach. Which is a good, I mean, not good, but it's like a way for Republicans who are against this stuff like that do support the war on drugs to still sort of sound like you know maybe i would be for it because i'll let the states do it and like st- republicans love to hear the phrase states rights so it's like a little middle ground for them yeah, to be able to it's a little bit of a cop out you totally. know oh yeah absolutely <laughs> it's a way of saying i i think drugs are bad but i also believe in states rights because i'm a republican right exactly so oh, boys will be boys you states you naughty states <laughs> oh you you risk the old colorado you <laughs> i support your right to do this but i'm gonna shake my head and point my finger at you no get out there and play kick the can so yeah that's his basic stance now is he's more of a federalist but you know previously he had been really anti uh, legalization and and not open to any sort of reforms about it and Which he also may- oh god no well that, i mean that makes you wonder if he got into office would he really support that state's rights position or is he just saying this on the campaign trail because support for the war on drugs at least when it comes to marijuana is waning in the public eye and you know again it's nice to say state's rights is a republican but, you know, when it comes down to it, he seems like an authoritarian on several other issues. So yeah. what's to say he wouldn't be on this one? Too? And good point there, because there's one of the there's all these is like he wants to say abortion on a federal level, you know, would be outlawed. So Ted's kind of picking and choosing his positions that he says are states rights or aren't states rights. So when he gets into office, I would when he gets if he gets <laughs> if he gets into office, I would say he Fruity probably would slip, say a cruisy and slip. He would say enforce the federal marijuana laws that Obama had said, Okay, we're not going to enforce these, which Cruz called out Obama and using his executive authority in that way. And I agree with him, I guess, in that regard, even though I'm for the decriminalization of marijuana. But, uh, yeah, he's I'd say uh, bruising, bruising on the war on drugs, too. Well, that's no good. No, not good at all. All What what other issues? what, What do you think? is good about Ted Cruz. I mean, is there something we can say he's is actually pretty good on on this one issue that we can you know maybe he's not, hasn't flipped up flopped on? I can yeah, I will say he is pretty good on the second amendment. Okay. That's so, one that most liberty-minded people will also support. Right. That's all. So he, he's pretty adamant about your Second Amendment rights and your ability to defend yourself within the household. Now, he has flip-flopped a little bit on the background check issue because he was for, you know, background checks and advancing, uh, you know, kind of more stringent background checks. Now he's pulled back on that a little bit in the wake of the most recent shootings and kind of going with the political wins. But overall, he is a pretty strident supporter of Second Amendment rights. So that one... 
is a cruisin'. A cruisin'. A novel cruisin'. I love it when we're cruising together yeah. with our guns in our holsters because he supports the Second Amendment. Mm, I don't know if that rhymes so much. It wasn't supposed Your rap to. career ended before it began. Uh, it's freestyling. It's not. Doesn't need to rhyme. Oh, okay, I didn't. I didn't realize you were Actually, doing, you were doing prose instead of poetry. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so that's one he's good on. He's also. Yeah, I'll give him a little fist bump bad. for that. <laughs> it's like Obama fist bump. Yeah. That's the. Is that the worst thing about Obama? By the way, or is the worst thing bumps? that he rides in cars drinking coffee with Seinfeld? It's the worst thing that doing those things makes people think he's great. Yeah, I, I just don't <laughs> like. Therefore, hey, he was funny on Seinfeld. Therefore, I support his gun control positions. Right. Like, what? <laughs> it's like get to work. You have things better to do. Read a book. Jesus Christ. All right. Um, one more thing I'll talk about that uh, Cruz is decent on. He's not too bad on the government spending. He he t- pretty much tries to rein that in, although that is countered somewhat by the fact that he wants to go to war, which, of course, costs billions and trillions of dollars. So as much as you can talk about turbing government and balancing the well, budget, especially you're going to turn the, the Middle East into glass. Those nukes are expensive. It man. can't be cheap to do that. You're going to need a couple of them, too, to, to see how much of it glows in the dark. If you yeah. really want to really carpet that thing up. At least six. Make it glow. If you want to see it from space, you're going to need at least, I think, six oh. to ten nukes right. from my, <laughs> based on my calculations. Oh, beautiful. I like that you broke it down so I didn't have to. Yeah, our, we, I had my top engineers, our top lines of Liberty Engineering uh, consultants, uh, you know, do a little research before the show. Beautiful. Love so, it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's, I mean, those are his major positions. I, I won't go into too many of the, the nitty gritty ones that, that libertarians don't necessarily care that much about. I also hear he's really good on um, Obamacare. Is that, is there any truth you know to what? that? He, he is. He actually, I believe the bill right now that is on Obama's desk, Ted Cruz was a sponsor of. And of course, Obama already vetoed it. <laughs> it got through the Senate, no problem. Well, I mean, to be it's fair, I probably wouldn't repeal a bill, bill called Mark, Cl- Mark Care if it came to my desk because <laughs> it's my name. Hey, I'm not repealing <laughs> Just, that. On that basis of that alone, it doesn't matter if it's a bill to kill all babies. You're like, nope, you know what? I'm going to keep this going. Claire I, I got a legacy to protect. Claire Care, never getting vetoed. That's catchy. Yeah, I should run for office on it. <laughs> I don't think I have. I have no name that would work with healthcare. No, think. you're done. Your political career is over. McWillan injections. Yeah, no. Not yeah, it's not, it's not happening. Sorry. But no, that's, you know, that one's he's really pushed forward. I was actually surprised. I thought a lot of the a lot of the Republicans were just going to um, do a lot of open, empty talk about actually repealing Obamacare. But hell, it made it to his desk. So we'll but see I what they do it, now. I mean, I kind of think it is empty talk still because I think that they know it's going to be vetoed. Veto, so it is veto. just political theater anyway. Yeah. It's not like they had a, a veto override vote. They never will, at least not with the current structure of the Senate and the, and the House. So it still is kind of political theater. It is. Know? Although it's lying in wait, I guess, if we can get a Republican in the White House. Although, if Trump's there, he probably wouldn't reveal it because he's all for it. Well, he doesn't like Obamacare. He wants to bring in Trump care or whatever, his version of it. Yeah. He, that's what he says. But, um, I mean, here's my problem with the whole just end Obamacare thing. It's not that I'm not opposed to Obamacare. You know, in my life, I've been more affected by Obamacare than anyone we know. I've lost a significant amount of work because of it. My insurance that I pay for out of pocket because I'm a freelancer has skyrocketed. Thankfully, I found Health Excellence Select and Health Sharing, which you can learn more about at lionsofliberty.com slash health. So I'm not feeling the burn too bad when it comes to that one. But um, you know, did you it, just plug health and Bernie Sanders? I think I did. I think somehow I did <laughs> secretly. It's like it's like the Beatles. He's, album. he's infiltrating your mind. There are many secret messages hidden within Lions of Liberty. Yes, play, if you play it backwards, by the way, a delicious recipe for pot brownies. <laughs> oh boy, how would I ever get that recipe? Come on, not from Ted Cruz. Not from Ted Cruz. That's for sure. 
But yeah, anyway, my issue with the sort of defund Obamacare, repeal Obamacare thing is if you just repeal Obamacare and don't address the underlying issues in the way the health system is run in the United States, that being a cartelized corporatist system, you know, you still are going to have so many problems with people. And then they're going to blame the repealing of Obamacare on it, which there may be some truth to it for some people. I mean, the fact that it is covering some people that couldn't get coverage before. I mean, I, I don't think it's good the way they're going about it, but it is a response to all the cronyism over the years and the cartelization of this industry, which we've talked about so many times on the show, most recently with Dr. Jeffrey Singer. And we'll link to that in the show notes, of course, at lionsofliberty.com slash 175. Uh, but yeah, that, that, that's my issue is that it seems it's like a grandstanding thing, but everybody politician that proposes it, all these Republicans, they don't present any solutions that address the root problems of why healthcare is so difficult. It's not like healthcare just started getting difficult in 2012. Uh, you know, the cries for Obamacare came from somewhere and they, in many ways came from legitimate places, even if I completely disagree with the, the way that it's gone about to address them. So that's my issue there. And that's why I still, once again, kind of see Ted Cruz as just another politician on this stuff. Cause he doesn't talk about root causes. No, Rand Paul's the only one that really talks about any of the root causes. And even he doesn't do it as much as I like, but he is the only one no. that even it tries to scratch at the root. You know, it just bit. doesn't, it's a lot of, it's like justice reform. It doesn't come up that much in debate, so they never talk about it. Everything in debates is always talking about ISIS and this and that, you know, ISIS oh, yeah. and the it's all It's it. all the fear stuff. It's, yeah, it's uh, what are you most afraid of? You're afraid of gun violence, you're afraid of terrorism, and that's what we're going to harp on for, and maybe we'll mention taxes if we feel like. Yeah, well, if, if, we're, if we get a little extra time, we got to kill before the next commercial break with you taxes. Right. Yeah. So, you know, we're talking about Trump here. As a second option to Rand, and we'll do a little Rand update later, maybe. But as a second option to Rand, let's say, you know, we all want Rand to be the front runner. If it doesn't happen, Ted Cruz or Donald Trump? Say if who, Rand drops out. Let's say Rand drops out, exactly. Who who would you throw your support behind? Well, not throw. Who would you no. reluctantly support? Ted uh, Cruz yeah. or for, Donald Trump? For, for starters, I wouldn't support either of them, not even reluctantly, because I don't have to. I live in a free country where I don't have to support anybody if I don't want to. That's the wonderful thing about this. But I would be, you know, I'm a political junkie at the end of the day. And even when I hate people, even when I hate everybody across the board, I still have people I passively root for in a sense. Like, you know, I'll think, okay, maybe things would be better if this guy won. I still won't go out and support them. Um, that being the case, considering everything we've discussed about Ted Cruz so far, his flip-flopping, you could say the same about Donald Trump over the years, certainly, but not really so much within his campaign. Um, the fact that he's very adamant about going to war in the Middle East, the fact that he's pretty bad on the war on drugs, I'm not sure Trump is as bad on those issues, which to me are major. Now, again, maybe Trump is blustering. Maybe he's full of crap, but he's been pretty adamant. I mean, he's against the Iraq war long, long, long before he ran for president. And uh, Maybe he's not for it, you know, not against it in the ways I might want him to be because it's a, a front to individual liberty and because of all the people dying over there. Um, but he's maybe just opposed to it because of the cost-benefit analysis that it makes no sense for us to be wasting all this money, dropping bombs in the Middle East, rebuilding their bridges, as, as one might say, and ignoring our infrastructure at home, not that I want money spent that way by the government, but you know the the point being, he is at least seems very reluctant to want to go to war. He's the only one that talks about, oh, maybe I should just sit down with Vladimir Putin and talk things out. And people, you know, people go off on him about that. Oh, he wants to be friends with Putin, who kills journalists and all this stuff, which we don't even know is true. But I mean, I wouldn't put it past the guy. But point being, he's talking about diplomacy for Christ's sakes. I mean, that's a good thing that he's not talking about no fly zones first. He's talking about meetings first, and whether or not he's genuine about it, at least I kind of get a sense that he doesn't want to just jump into wars, whereas Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz wants to see if the Middle East can glow in the dark. Right. So, 
Well, uh, you know what? There's actually it's really the- not close. Actually, I would at least want to roll the dice and see what happens with Trump. I certainly don't think Trump would be worse than Ted Cruz or most of the other Republicans. Even if the stuff he's saying is like half true, I don't think in reality, you know, he's worse than any other neocon out there. And I, I really don't think he is a neocon in that sense. I mean, I think he would be an authoritarian in many ways. Again, I'm not a Trump supporter, but looking at his positions, there's actually um, some chart that I I saw recently. Great reference, Mark. But um, it basically broke down all the the sort of interventionist things that all the candidates say. The lowest, the least interventionist, when we're talking about foreign policy, was Rand Paul. Right after him was Donald Trump. Yep. So. Exactly right. And yet, you know who was on the highest end was actually, uh, I think Hillary Clinton was either highest or second highest. <laughs> yeah, it's as like far as- her and Rubio. And, uh, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure if they, they probably don't even poll Santorum in this, but he's probably like number one. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, no, I agree with you completely. I, I, if I had to choose one or the other, I would, I would go for Trump. And he's also, let's not forget this, also really uh, in support of the Second Amendment as well. When, and even on the debate stage, he was like, hey, I like the guns. I have a gun. Everybody should be able to have it and protect themselves. So that's one of the points he's also very strong on. So, yeah, I would probably say yeah, he came out Trump. for uh, his latest campaign statement was that he was for like universal open carry. Yeah. yeah exactly right. Constitutional carry. I think when you don't even need a, uh, a permission slip, I guess, from a state to, uh, to own a gun, which you do in many, many states, including the one I'm in right now, right. the one we're in now. We, and, and I know we're going to get people say, well, what about Gary Johnson? But come on, guys, Gary Johnson, is, it, are we doing this again with Gary? It's like a <laughs> tape cassette that's stuck in the player. You just can't get it out enough. Get it out with a hammer. Do whatever you have. Somebody put somebody else out there. Enough of this. I mean, not yeah, Gary I mean, Johnson. These are all different things. And we're not going to know who the Libertarian Party chooses till July or so, at which point the Republican. Well, I would say normally say the Republican candidate will be inevitable. But I don't know, man. This is a crazy year. If Trump gets a lot of support and the party doesn't want him there, they're going to put their support behind someone else. Then you got the third wing that might kind of be the conservatives that support maybe a Cruz. And it could get really interesting at the convention. So I'm, I'm not even sure we'll definitely know. But in theory, we should have an idea who the candidate is going to be in. Yeah, we'll see who the libertarians put forward. I mean, it's very likely I'll never vote for a Democrat or Republican again, quite frankly, because I'm not going to support those big two parties because they're corrupt. They're corporatists. We're never going to see major political change unless we stop supporting them for the most part. You know, if Rand Paul actually got the nomination, yeah, I probably would have to support him over Hillary or whoever you know the Democrats put up. But in general, luckily, even where we're going through these hypotheticals, the great thing is we don't actually need to support any of these people. If that's we don't agree true. With them. Just, and that's our message here. You don't need to support Ted Cruz or anyone else as a second option. Because, frankly, if you support Ted Cruz for reasons other than actually knowing his positions, and, and frankly, I don't know if you can know his positions because he's flip-flopped on so many things. That's another thing we need to address is the amount that this guy flip-flops. How can you even trust any of his positions when he's gone back and forth on so many things? I mean, immigration, I think he's gone back and forth on. He's kind of flip-floppy on the war on drugs, like you said. I mean, it's just really difficult to trust the guy. Yeah, completely so. Now, you mentioned Rand. Let's do a quick Randy Pants update. I did. Since, since we're taking Pants. a break from the Rand pluses and minuses, and we probably won't return to it until after these next round of debates. Well, we don't want people to get in withdrawal and start shaking no, no. and vomiting on the floor. Oh, so man. let's do a quick the, Rand the update. RPM shakes. <laughs> My heartbeat is going crazy for the RPMs. Uh, so here's basically just a little quick thing. So Rand's been on a media blitz over the past week, week and a half. Which... Media blitz. Rand Paul's hair. On a media blitz. All right. So he was on Colbert, which he actually got a very good performance on Colbert. Came across as very likable. Uh, He was talking vaguely about legalizing pot. There was a little joke Colbert made about uh, Rand trying to sell him pot backstage. So he was on Colbert. He was on The View. He's just doing this big blitz to try to get out there, especially ahead of Iowa coming up. 
So that Megama Paul lost for. And we also talk a lot about basically how, you know, with all this talk about semi-automatic guns and, you know, outlawing automatic weapons. Oh, yeah. He was on The View. Yeah. When he was on The View. This is great because people, we say this all the time. We're like, do people have any idea what they're talking about? Because most people don't. And Whoopi Goldberg, of course, didn't. So Paul Paul went on The View. Yeah, I know. Stick to posing as a nun, Whoopi. (laughs) Oh, God. I can't even think about her face without retching. So... Paul basically explained the difference between semi-automatic weapons and automatic weapons, and you know, it basically broke it down for them, which of course went all the way over their heads. So, well, so many people think that, that the though. weapons people use in these quote-unquote mass shootings are these guns where you pull a trigger and it just sprays bullets everywhere, and those have been illegal for a long time. Some people can get them with a special license, but you cannot go into a store and buy an automatic weapon. Right. Every single gun that you can buy, for the most part, is one you need to pull a trigger every time you fire, and that is true of every. Every single mass shooting we've seen, every single instance of everything, because you can't really get machine guns. So stop acting like that's what they are. We need to send a postcard out to every household in America explaining the difference and how you cannot go out. They'll they'll only read it if it's in meme form. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. We should put it on Facebook. Get it going there. Tag everybody on Facebook. Yeah. So that was a good one. I'll give him a Paul Luss. One more thing I want to talk about as well, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap this up is. I thought this was hilarious. So Rand was uh, he's campaigning in New Hampshire and he went to a senior center to, to talk and his staff said, you know, don't talk about Social Security. Whatever <laughs> you do, these people cling to it. It's not a positive They're crowd. literally living on it. Right. Yeah, exactly. So they said, don't do it. And Rand was like, you know what? Screw that noise. I'm still going to talk about it. And he did to a group of seniors. He told them they got to raise the retirement age. He got to, you know, basically just broke it down how there's too many families. There's too many retirees. We're living longer. The math does not add up. So I was really impressed by that he said you know he's not going to change his uh, positions he's not going to you know try to lie his way around it like so many politicians do so paul us absolutely paul us so that's about it yeah there's some other small things but we don't need to go into them right here yeah well for more rand stuff you can read the weekly rand policies and minuses column which you can find at lionsofliberty.com forward slash rand all right that's only rand with one a by the way not seven like it might have sounded i know it's fun to type it that way Brian though said it. like con rand! rand we should get oh my god we should get uh, james t kirk out here get a little shat interaction oh, to boost boy. rand's campaign oh boy maybe he can start doing our like voiceovers and stuff he's doing a lot of voiceover work nowadays yeah he is he does a lot of you know he, he might be more expensive cartoons. than the five dollars on fiverr i'm used to paying but we'll see maybe but who knows he might be desperate yeah guys but thanks for joining us for this very special episode it's an experiment we kind of just figured we would try because we spend so much time talking about Rand. literally i believe we've been doing that podcast Rand policies and minuses since april that's eight months of solid Rand talk so we figured we'd take one week out to talk about another politician that's getting a lot of attention from liberty folks and uh frankly from our perspective i think we can both agree that for the most part ted cruz is bruising Bruising. (laughs) he is not really worthy of support he is very good on some liberty issues on the surface his rhetoric is great he's very good at coming across in however way he wants to come across he's good at coming across neocons sometimes to the right people good at coming across liberty and that's because the guy's an expert freaking debater and he's an incredible prosecutor and he uses those skills to what I would say is manipulate the electorate, manipulate people into supporting him. That really shouldn't be for the most part. And the fact is this guy really, to me, he just seems like, you know, you ever get the feeling listening to some politicians and all you're thinking is you just feel like a liar. And that's not 
evidence. That's not a fact. That's just a feeling. And when I listen to Ted Cruz, that's how I feel. I feel like I'm listening to a guy that's just too damn smooth. He's thought it all out. He's not speaking from the hip. He's not speaking from the heart. And I don't trust the guy. It's a gut. It's like a gut instinct, you know, with Ted Cruz, where you just have that natural feeling of distrust. Like an animal in the wild, you know, the hairs on the back of your neck stick up when a predator is approaching. That's the Ted Cruz. Kind of like Harry distrusted Severus Snape. Exactly. Only to realize, oh my God, he's been with me all along. We can only hope that that's the case. So we'll so. see. So Maybe we'll be proven wrong. Maybe <laughs> Severus Cruz, the prophecy shall come true. But um, until then, he has to find the Hork. We got we to gotta go find the Horcruxes first, I think. Oh my God. Where would he, where would he even hide them? The first Horcrux is Rand's hair. Oh, my God. Let's burn it. Let's get on that. (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you again for joining us, though. And, of course, tune in on Friday for the second edition of John Odermatt's Felony Friday podcast, our new weekly show. And until then, guys, live life.